Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of The Take Cast. My name is, of course, Davis Maddock, and I am joined in this episode by my buddy Peter Overzet and Patrick Laird of the Miami Dolphins was uh, was kind enough to stop by the show. And uh, you know what? He did more than stop by. I think that this was honestly one of the best episodes that we could ever do. Patrick was great, chatted with us for about an hour and a half, thought he was Absolutely fantastic in this episode. Of course, we are sponsored by DailyRoto.com. You can get 10% off of that subscription using the promo code Janice. We are sponsored by RotoExperts.com. You can get 10% off of that using the promo code Matic. And you can get bonus episodes of this show on Patreon.com slash TakeCast. All right, everyone. Very, very excited to uh, to bring us into what is going to be, I think it's got to be the best episode of the show, at least the most anticipated episode of the show. Uh, I am joined by Peter Overzet, of course, my brother, my brother in this journey. And we are very, very happy to have none other than Patrick Laird of the Miami Dolphins on the show. Patrick, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for, for having me on. And uh, I'm sure you guys will hype up this episode as much as you've hyped me up in fantasy in the um the dfs world i don't know i still don't know what the acronym means but <laughs> you guys tell me what that means so the acronym it stands for daily fantasy sports and what that okay. it's it's like fantasy sports but instead of you playing in uh, a tournament with your buddies for for 16 weeks you you just play it one week against uh, a lot of different opponents and the uh, everyone everyone has an assigned salary and you try and get the most points based on that salary cap and uh, yeah that's where that's where uh, the uh, that's where the Patrick Laird hype originated from Mr. O- Overzet was the one who uh, who started it okay so I knew I knew DF I thought I figured it was like daily fantasy I didn't know daily fantasy sports but it's just but you're just playing like within the football like realm right 
it's not right. Like, yeah, not I mean, they, sports, but or there are, there's like different. yeah, there's they have it for they have it for everything. Um, football, of course, is like by far the most popular. You know, there yeah. there are guys who who win millions of dollars playing this stuff, which is pretty crazy, but it's true. Is that what like Holzhauser does? You know who that is? Um, the he Jeopardy does guy? he does more sports betting stuff. Is what he's known for. Um, okay. So he's betting more spreads, you know, is the total going to go over a certain number? Are, are the Dolphins going to win? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think he might dabble in, in DFS a little bit, but this is more player focused and kind of general team focused. Okay. Um, right. And, first, and I, I'm in a fantasy, I'm in a fantasy league myself with like my best friends from college. So I'm not a total airhead on how fantasy works, but I'm what's your, what did you, did you make I'm the playoffs basic, in your league? Uh, I haven't checked. I don't know. <laughs> did, you, right now. did you add yourself bad, on the waivers? I'm a bad fantasy player. And yeah, I added myself as a joke, like in week four. And Wait, I tried to... did you disingenuously add yourself, Patrick? <laughs> yeah. So I, I added myself. Because um, I don't even think when I started, like when the season started, I don't even think I was on the apps. and like people been, Mo- like, Most of the apps, apps, no, definitely not. So people were like, I'm on, I'm just like on ESPN with my friends and like most, all these people were like, you need to add Patrick Laird. And then like, I got added. So I picked myself up as a joke, like in week four and I tried to trade myself for like an actual, like good player <laughs> to my friend just as a joke. And he denied it obviously. So I've had myself ever since. And then I didn't play myself last week. So I you didn't play yourself that. last week, man. That's, that's, no. I mean, that's a bad beat. Wait, Patrick, who but did you play over yourself? Uh, see, I, I like I forget who's on my team. I won though. Here, wait. I have it. I have it pulled up. Sorry, this probably You're boring good. for everyone else. No, no dude, I'm telling you, this is not boring for anyone. The people are loving this. Okay, I played uh, James White and Devin Montgomery. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, James James White. He had the most points of any player last week. He had like 40. Oh yeah, so you, and then you made Montgomery. you made the right call. So uh, I guess I should have played. I I scored point one points more than David Montgomery, so I guess I should have put myself there. And then my flex, guess what I got? What zero? Zero from who? Evan Evan Ingram. Oh, was it? Did he play Davis? He did not. He did not play. It was it was Caden Smith season. Hey Patrick, I know you play in the NFL, but maybe get your priorities straight and update your flex and get those inactive guys out of there, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I always I always forget to update it. <clears throat> He's busy on Sunday mornings. Yeah. So, um, so I, I know Caden Smith. What what is Caden Smith? Another guy you guys are hyping up. Well, I, funny you mentioned that, but yeah, he actually is <laughs> because, because uh, well, Evan Ingram's been hurt and the, that whole Giants offense, they, they spent all offseason building the offense around the tight end and, behind, and like in the slot. So when Evan Ingram gets hurt, they need someone who can run those routes. And Caden Smith is better than, I guess the team likes him more than Scott Simonson. So he's, he's out there like every play. Like he's getting like, and no one knows who he is. He like, I think he, he got like, 40 catches total when he was at Stanford like yeah. he might he might get more than that like he might get more than that in his first two years as a giant yeah you guys do way too much research into this fantasy stuff it's true <laughs> yes yes we do yes we, that's definitely true so, so, just, so right, yeah, sorry I'm, I've been asking all these questions you, no no <laughs> I, 
I just want to, I mean, we could shoot the shit with you for till the cows come home, but I do just want to know like what these past say two to three weeks have been like for you going from, you know, being further down on the depth chart to then, you know, getting some touches to all of a sudden you're a viral fantasy star. You get your first NFL touchdown. What I assume it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Uh, I had a similar actually experience when I was at Cal because I went from walk on, I earned a scholarship right before my junior season. And then the second game of the season, I had three touchdowns and 190 rushing yards. So I went from like, no one knew who I was to the starting running back, um, which I'm not saying is happening right now. But uh, so I'm kind of used to like, just like no one knowing me. And then all of a sudden um, I'm on the like, the people that, you know, the Cal fans knew. So I guess it's similar in that way. The fantasy stuff obviously is a little more new. I remember people back in college, like commenting on my uh, Instagram photos. Like I picked you up in college fantasy and you helped me in the play. I don't know, but uh, no, so it's, it's similar, but it's also obviously like on a bigger stage. So it's pretty cool. So I, this, I want to ask you very specifically a question about that game last week. Did you know that the did you know about the fake uh, the fake field goal punt thing like that like the swinging gate because you were a special teams player for what the first nine weeks of the season you weren't even playing on offense you were just on special teams so like did yeah. you know that was a thing that was gonna like maybe could happen yeah the whole the whole team seen that play so, oh man that's yeah, like been, we're, we, I've been waiting to see that one I figured it would work it was just it's it's funny how it all turned out and. There's the picture of our punter, Matt Hawk, kind of smiling before he throws it because he knew he was going to score. Because he knew he was going to throw a touchdown pass. Yeah. So, no, I'd seen that. Well, did you have a, did you have a job on that play before you got, like, it, like working with the offense? Were you, were you out there for the swinging gate? No, because, I mean, that's just the field goal unit. So, I'm on, like, the core four special teams, punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return. I still, I'm still starting on all four of those. Um, so... I, like, I love that role on special teams, so I'm hoping, hoping to keep that even though I play more on offense now. So with, last week uh, when all of the, the fantasy uh, hype machines started going, when, when did you notice that things were like a little different than just a normal week? Was it just your, your Twitter just continuing to get tagged? And like what was your mental thought process when you saw all of that activity? So, yeah, I got, I got these notifications just because, like, you guys tweet these absurd things. And then people, <laughs> people in the comments decide to tag me to waste, waste my time. And then um, – no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, no, I, people kept tagging me in the comments, and I kept seeing, like, your guys' names repeatedly pop up. I think there was someone else. Someone else DM'd me and was like, I was the one that started this. I don't know if it was – that wasn't one of you two, right? Oh, man. No, it's, it's, it's an imposter, man. It's a liar is who it is. Should we expose them? Yeah, let's expose yeah, them. Oh, let's yeah, drag them. <laughs> Someone's got to get dragged. If this is oh, one of our I, trolls, it's so bad. No, no, it's not. It's going to be Blair. It's going to be Blair. No, Blair doesn't have that kind of – he's too humble. I mean, if we want to take this back even further, this even started before, like, the DFS stuff. This started on your podcast, Peter, like four weeks ago. Yeah, so, Patrick, we I play in um, a high-stakes fantasy football league and we didn't draft any running backs in our first seven or eight rounds. It's like a whole strategy. What's high running back? It's a FFPC. No, but what's, uh, what's considered high stakes? Oh, it's an $1,800 buy-in for the league. Okay. And okay. so we had to get a win to make it into our playoffs. And we started you. 
and you had it was your first week you had those six catches for 50 yards i think against the colts and uh and uh uh, you led us to the victory so that's when that's where it all began how did you know to start me against the bills so again the guys at um this site rotoviz who do like deep dives into prospect profiles they had written you up sean siegel who does all these profiles on players and they thought that you profiled really interestingly as a pass catcher in fantasy we get you know one point for every catch so running yeah, back to catch, yeah how you catch passes that immediately puts you on the radar and makes you really interesting that's funny yeah we we basically thought that you were better than than Kalen Balazs at catching passes we thought if you two were each gonna have a job we said Kalen would probably get he'd probably get like the goal line work and stuff but you were like like shiftier and faster so a little bit better at catching passes okay I like the I like the analysis from you guys next level stuff <laughs> yeah this is this is what this is what we spend all of uh this is what we spend all of our time doing instead of being in the gym was uh <laughs> Patrick, was anyone else in the Dolphins locker room aware of kind of your new budding uh, fame in the fantasy football world? I don't, uh, no one mentioned anything. I don't, I, I don't think fantasy is like that big among my teammates, to be honest. Or if it is, it's just like something you play with your friends yeah. back home. That's what, that's what Brian Hill said. He said that um, in the Falcons locker room, some of the d- dudes are very, like, they, they actually pay attention. Like, uh, like he said, what he kind of, he didn't say this outright, but he basically kind of said that the wide receivers actually, like, pay attention to it more than the rest of the team does. Because I think, I think people are actually very comfortable, like, tagging wide receivers on Twitter and, like, being mean to them about their fantasy games. Because, like, every time you see a player tweet about fantasy, it's like, it's like Keenan Allen being like, oh, sorry to my fantasy owners or, like, whatever. Like, it, it just feels to me like it's always wide receivers. And then the running backs are like, they're like, whatever, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah, I, I could see that wide receivers are generally more flashy position. And so they'll, they like the controversy or they like the attention, generally speaking. And yeah. so I could see them getting into it with fantasy owners and that sort of thing. What did, uh, he's a Cal grad, go Bears. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, what did your girlfriend and your, your mom, I know I've seen her uh, mix it up on Twitter a little bit. What did they think about all of this? <laughs> <laughs> um, my girlfriend's friend actually screen recorded your, the cake eating thing. And she was going to, like, post it on Instagram, but she, like, didn't, she, couldn't, she couldn't think of anything to say because she, she's like, this is just so weird. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you, had, if you had seen the cake I had made, but clearly you have. Well, I thought, didn't, or I guess you didn't pick it up in, the, in one of my messages to you. I said, because you said you wanted to donate to yeah. my reading uh, challenge. And I was like, yeah. And I jokingly said that you could bake a cake for the participants, but I don't think you picked up on it. So I, I literally thought that that was actually a part of your charity. And I was like talking no. to my wife and I was like, I wonder how I'm going to get this cake to him in Miami. But uh, no, now I, I realize. Probably, I, I said bake and decorate a cake. And Peter, you were, you're, normally you're sharper than that, man. I'm a little disappointed in you. Well, yeah. do you know, it would take me presupposing that Patrick had seen me doing that on Twitter, and I just didn't <laughs> want to assume that he had seen that. Yeah, and well, to kind of answer your initial question about me seeing all this stuff, my, like, my fame or lack thereof is still at the point where people, when they see an article or like a t-shirt uh, made that has my name on it, they'll send it to me, 
And so whether I want to see this stuff or not, I'm getting messages. He, from he's getting friends. it. So like, is like this podcast is going to get sent to you, even though you literally recorded it and they no, know I'm that sending, you were on it. I'm sending this to my friends. This is Oh, this definitely. Is yeah, this is very, yeah. that's very good for me. That's I, cause I teased this. Yes. I actually do think that this is going to be the number, like number one episode. It's going to come close <laughs> to the Jeff Janice episode. So like, I don't even know. Do you have like, probably like he was out of the NFL before you even got there. But like the Jeff Janis story, he was like this guy for fantasy football. But instead of just being for two of us, Jeff Janis was like this for everybody. Like oh. thousands of dudes like loved him. So when he finally got on the show and like he got asked about his like cult status, it was like an actual moment, which was okay. pretty cool for him, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, well, no, I'm planning. So I actually told my buddies because they, everyone keeps sending me these podcasts that other people mention me. They don't actually say my name. They'll say, yeah, this white running back from. On the yeah, B- dude, B- dude, Bill Simmons. He, he, two weeks in a row, he's mentioned you, but not said your name. I've been, I've been sent those and I'm like, dude, just learn my name. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. It's okay, man. He doesn't know like some of the Patriots players names and he's a huge Patriots fan. Yeah. It's just, it's a little bit beyond, it's a little bit beyond him. Okay. Patrick, that's, it, that's more reassuring. It, you need to promise us if Bill Simmons reaches out for you to go on the BS report, you just give the nah wave and you're like, no, I'm just going to do this stuff with my boys, <laughs> Pete and Davis. What, what's your guys' podcast name? It's called, it's called, the, well, it's actually my podcast. I'm just being very gracious and letting Peter on. Uh, oh. It's just, it's called, <laughs> it's called the Tate cast, which is just a dumb internet joke. Cause I never thought people were actually going to listen to this show. And it kind of, it took on like a little bit of its life of its own. I would have named it something different if I could go back and do it again. I'm do you a, know I'm what? Exclusive the Take podcast uh, guest. Exclusive Correct. Well, here's the thing. If, if, if Davis is going to try to throw me under the bus, I'll let you know, Patrick, that Davis got in trouble from his bosses for telling his subscribers to play you in DFS. He got reprimanded, and that needs to tell you everything you need to know about where we're at here, Patrick. Wait, who are your bosses? So my bosses, we work, we work for, we, we, uh, we, oh, I work for a company called dailyroto.com. And, uh, you know, I do this video show every week with Peter and they don't really like that. I do this video show cause the company is like kind of like very serious and we do a lot of like math and it's like, it's pretty strenuous and analytical. And the show is like, it's funny. Like it's, it's meant to be me and yeah. Peter just like kind of joking around. And, uh, the, the, during Patrick Laird week, they were just like, dude, the math does not support this. Like, I think, I think we had you projected to score like six and a half fantasy points that week or whatever. And so they were just like, they were, they were just, they were, uh, they were not super happy with me and I, I did legit get reprimanded, but you know what? <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be all forgiven now after this episode comes out. So don't even worry about it. It was all worth it. Yeah. Uh, oh, big time worth it. What did you, you, oh, go ahead. Week, did you just send, did you, you should just send him a screenshot of, the points I scored or however many it was. Oh no, la- tr- trust me. Many, we, it, after last week, dude, the victory laps, they were, they were at when, when you caught that two point conversion, I like, I was just like celebrating in my living room. I was like, Oh, this is the best. Patrick, my, my cell phone, when you scored that touchdown looked like a slot machine of just really? getting added. Patrick Laird, Patrick Laird, Patrick Laird. It was just firing. <laughs> it was, it was so fun. Um, hilarious. You mentioned seeing the shirt. What do you think of the uh, the praise the Laird? Because I want to talk about this. You have this nickname, the intern, which I think is just it's unfair a it's to you. a bad nickname, dude. What are your oh, thoughts you on these like nicknames? It? I like the I like the intern. I, my issue with the intern is I, I'm afraid that's all I'm going to be known for for the rest of my life. 
in the Miami Dolphins uh, community. But yeah, you don't so want story, that. <laughs> uh maybe if i do more podcast shows and people learn my name then um you know i'll I'll get my name out there rather than the intern but i it's actually a pretty funny story so it's during training camp uh we have these operations interns that help out and uh, i went in there for dinner I, i guess it was later in the day so no one else was in there except for these interns and i knew a couple of them and so i sat down with uh with the one i knew and then some of the other guys came over and sat down and so I'm just asking them questions. Hey, you know, where do you, where do you go to school? What are your interests? Like kind of, you know, just getting to know these guys. And finally one of them looks at me and he goes, so what do you do here? <laughs> and, <laughs> like, uh, and then like a couple other guys like look at him. They're like, did you really just ask him that? Cause they, they knew who I was. And so I was like, you know, well, you know, I play, on, I play on the team and he was super <laughs> apologetic. He, he felt really bad. But I thought it was hilarious. Like I love, I have a ton of stories like that of people not either believing that I'm on the Dolphins or. Oh, please! You know, this is the Patrick Laird story time, man. If you, you <laughs> okay. if you have more stories, this is the time for it. Yeah, I'll share them. And then, uh, so, but anyways, I the rookies get called down in front of the team during training camp, mostly just like you know, basically try to embarrass us, um, and you have to tell stories or do a joke or sing. And so I, I had this story, like, I was like, oh, okay, if I ever get called up, I'm telling this story. And so I told the whole team. And from then on, the, the offensive coaches would jokingly call me the intern. So that's, that's where that came. And I think Fitz mentioned it to the media. And so obviously the color commentators are going to mention that every other sentence on TV. And that's what happened. What, but but now, what do you think of this this Laird imagery? The Laird and Savior oh, the Laird. plays the Laird. In praise evo- the Laird. We evoke you as we've deified you, Patrick. That has to be better than the intern. Yeah, are, are you guys familiar with uh, Chris D'Elia? Yes. Yeah, the, the Canadian. Yeah. He, so he has a really funny podcast, and he calls himself a cult leader. And so, if I can be, if I can be this, uh, this fantasy cult leader I'll, I'll i'll sign up for that but i don't i don't know about the praise the laird uh on words i don't know how i feel about it well, i promise you like- i promise you if you crush it for the next four weeks like during the fantasy football playoffs it's gonna stick it's gonna be like a very real thing amongst uh amongst all of us dweebs on the internet okay well i'm excited to disappoint everyone <laughs> no. <laughs> no. you would never you couldn't every uh Patrick, wait, every so time when, what, oh go ahead well, I was going to say this Rotoware, that, that's what, that's the company you guys are affiliated with or Davis? Not, not affiliated with, he just, he made that shirt. Davis is affiliated with Roto Experts. I'm with Roto Grinders. Okay. There's so lots I'm of wait, Rotos. With, yeah. Lots What's of Rotos. Roto? It's, it's okay. This is it's <laughs> literally every time someone asks me this, it's, it is honest to God, the dumbest story you'll ever hear. Fantasy sports, but more or less, got invented at this restaurant in New York called like it was like a rotisserie chicken restaurant, and so like people call it Roto Football, Roto Baseball, whatever. Literally because that was just a shortened name, and this was in like 1985. There's actually a movie about it, or not a movie, a 30 for 30. So Roto literally means it. It does not mean anything relative to fantasy sports. It's just like a very anachronistic nickname from where fantasy sports like got started. It's very stupid gotcha okay so yeah i was gonna say roto wear um i'm waiting for them to contact me on the royalties for the sales of this shirt they haven't oh yet. yeah so, so i mean I, at least they should at least send you a shirt yeah yeah well, i'll take uh, a shirt yeah i'll I'm, give it to my mom for christmas i'm going to uh 
message him. Uh, we'll get we'll get your address for him. I, I I mean I won't do anything with the address. You don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I would do that, Patrick. <laughs> I would maybe I would maybe go through. I would maybe have it sent to a PO box or sent to the Dolphins facility or something. <laughs> so I, I can I can I trust you guys. We I'll I'll, I'll send you my address. <laughs> If I if I ever came down to Miami, could I take you out to dinner? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That All could right. be that could be like the pinnacle of your content creation career. <laughs> I uh, mean, I, I'll uh, I'll get you t- I'll get you tickets to a game. We'll go to a game. You can come to a game. That's awesome. There we go. Uh, I I want to ask you about about one of your teammates, Devonte Parker. So he's been mm-hmm. in the NFL. This is now his fifth season in the NFL, and he is um. Like, I mean, far and away, this is like the best season of his career. And I don't think, I don't think anyone ever said he couldn't do it. But like, I mean, I, I mean, obviously you're a rookie. This is your first year with the team. But like, what do you think it is about this Dolphins team that is allowing him to have this like crazy career year? Is it just that Fitzpatrick like trusts him and just doesn't and like throws those YOLO balls? I think when I, when I showed up and I saw Devontae practice, I'm like, wow, this guy's a really good receiver. How, you know, how is he not? one of the premier names in the NFL. Um, you just, you kind of notice that right away. It just makes amazing plays in practice. Uh, the difference, I mean, I can't compare it to previous years. Like I, you know, I, I obviously wasn't right. here. I think maybe he was banged up a couple, couple years. Yeah, he's been, he's times. been hurt a lot. Yeah. So yeah, he's been, he stayed healthy all season. Uh, Fitz obviously has trust in him. There's a couple jump balls that he just went up and grabbed last game. Yeah, two crazy. There were two like crazy ones where he just was like, "No, that's mine." I think I had him on my fantasy team. Let me check. Oh man, oh, the, the inside info. That's how it's done. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have him anymore. I think one of my friends picked him up. Shoot. Speaking Damn. of, so, yeah, no, he's he, he's a baller, and um, so I, I I love seeing him just make go out there and make plays. What's your uh, relationship with Miles Gaskin? Because he's kind of the other uh, running back in the room right now. That's my best friend. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Miles and I are super close. Yeah. Do you well, guys have I a mean, little – Well, you guys were rivals in college, right? Like Cal, Cal and, and UW are like pretty big rivals. I, I don't know. I don't watch much Pac-12 football, but I know that's true. Yeah. The, the one thing you need to know about – me and Miles playing each other is our last year, our senior years. Cal beat U Dub, so that's that's all that needs to be said. That's about all that, that needs matchup. to be said. No, so he, I mean, obviously in the Pac-12, he's a legend. He's like he's the only running back to go for over a thousand yards four times. All all four times, yeah, very very all four, impressive. All four years. Yeah, he's a super super good running back. So do you guys have a little uh, competitive streak going now where uh, who's going to get more touches? Are you guys uh, angling to be the starter? How's that going? It's more collaborative than competitive. <laughs> you yeah. should be a politician. Yeah, yeah, you should be a politician, man. That was a very, that was a very smooth answer to that question. Uh, so actually, Miles and I met each other. We, I think I said what's up to him after our game, like my senior year. But um, we trained together before the draft. So we became buddies while we were training up in Washington. I actually went up to this facility up there where he's from and we became friends then. And then just, you know, he got drafted late and I, I signed with the dolphins and it kind of all happened like on the same day. And so uh, we knew we were going to be teammates. And then when we showed up, we're still buddies, but then we like, we just clicked. And like, when you're a rookie, you kind of go through all the same stuff, right? especially if you're in the same position group. 
it's like every single struggle that you you're both experiencing you can kind of relate relate to and so we just like we studied together we worked out together we ate together so we just did like a lot of stuff and then now when we travel we're roommates so uh it's uh like when i came when i scored my touchdown and have the two-point conversion like the first person to give me I'd say our relationship is like very like selfless and this is like obviously saying it about your own relationship sounds dumb, but I really feel like if he scored and I didn't. Yeah. You would have been pumped for him too. Just, I would be just as happy as he was. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's really cool. What is, has the, like the culture of the locker room. Um, I assume it had to have transformed a little bit over the season, just with you guys starting a little rougher. And now you guys have gotten some really big wins, you know, early on people were claiming you guys were tanking or whatever to try to get a top draft pick. What is the kind of atmosphere been like for you guys? So I've nothing to compare it to, but like, since I've showed up, this team has been like super close. Everyone, I feel like plays together and even more so in like the last six weeks as, as we've you know turned things around and, and showed that we can play some good football but yeah no it's like the team's super close and all the guys seem like they like each other and it's like it's like a fun group to be around you know it's but again I have nothing to compare it to so I don't know what an NFL locker room is usually like um I don't I don't think yeah, it's like, usually like that from the way I understand it I think lock I think locker rooms are very um in the NFL like kind of from what I've heard from talking to Jeff Janis and Brian Hale and a couple other guys it's more uh it's more like clicky it, but I think on the mm-hmm. Dolphins it's hard for that because there's not a ton of like vets like the the team is like your team's really like, super young right yeah it's super young um people are like playing four square in the locker room that's pretty pretty good i love seeing like when i showed up i was like blown away by like how these guys it's just like everyone's still i don't know everyone it's just a bunch of guys just hanging out still being kids you know it's like football keeps you young do you guys play with cherry bombs or what are what are the rules we got there (laughs) i haven't played a game yet i i'm like i'm too intimidated because everyone gets really into it um but like there's like this big like tennis ball that they have it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a um, normal four square ball, but it's like has like the tennis ball texture, and people are just we put tape down in the middle of the locker room, and people get really into it. There's like a line of like eight guys trying to get into play. That's did you have? It reminds, uh, me, it reminds me of fourth grade. Did you have multiple UDFA offers, or like did you know that you were gonna be signing with the Dolphins? Because like I guess one thing I've heard is that teams will be like, okay, look, we could draft you with our seventh round pick um, or like we can wait because some guys would rather be a UDFA because I think of um, that you can renegotiate after a year and you can't if you've been drafted. So like, did you, did Miami like reach out to you before the priority free agency period or like, like where did you have a couple different situations you were looking at? Yeah. So the pre-draft process, I was talking to a couple teams and Miami, I think reached out just a few weeks before the draft. And so we knew they were interested. I liked, I liked the idea of the new coaching staff, trying to establish a new culture, one that's like hardworking, disciplined guys. Um, so I liked the idea of them. But then, you know, there's a couple of other teams also had reached out and showed interest as an undrafted free agent. But what happened was like during the draft, we just, just my agents and I just decided that I was going to sign with the Dolphins. And so if any other team reached out and said, hey, we'd like to get, you know, Patrick as a, um, undrafted free agent or whatever, 
my agents just told them, hey, he's already decided on another team. So if you want to draft him, um, you're going to have to, you'll have to draft him because we're already going to sign with a different team. Right. Yeah. And obviously no one liked me enough to do that. So I'm what a mistake, my... man. They're all, they're all, they're all upset about it. Now the, the, all these teams they drafted, you know, there have already been, uh, I think three running backs who were drafted who've already been cut and have switched teams just right. of, just of this last draft. Yeah. Uh, Kareth, so, I know so, Kareth white from the bears. He got, they drafted him in the sixth round and they cut him and he, he's playing for the, he's the kick returner for the Steelers now. Uh, okay. So imagine, imagine the heat that you guys were getting for recommending me as a fantasy player. Now imagine being a scout and going to a GM and saying, hey, I like this Patrick Laird kid. You guys should really select him. So that's, I think, I, 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 I would, I, I think, I think that job them. has, I think that job has less heat because you can always blame it on the coaches. You could just, I, you could, if, if you were a scout and you got something wrong, you'd say, oh, well, the coach just didn't use him right. They just didn't understand his skill set and they, they didn't, they didn't set him up to succeed. It's a very easy out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, maybe you know more about that whole process than I do, but, uh, <laughs> that, that's the, recommending, recommending player personnel seems like a very tough job. I, I don't think uh, well, I Well, yeah, I it's like, cause so many things can happen for sure. Right. It's hard to, it's hard to scout guys, character and work ethic. Those two things is really hard to scout. And I also think in, you know, the NFL today with, you know, passing becoming so much more prevalent and running backs needing to be able to catch passes. I think your skill set is well suited for that, where you see a lot of running backs that don't necessarily have that profile is working on, you know, your pass blocking, your pass catching. Has that been something you've really prioritized over the years? Yeah, so I, I got moved to receiver my second year at Cal, and that's when I, I think, became a lot better. Obviously, because I had to play receiver, I had to become a better, you know, pass catcher, route runner. And then I got moved back to running back and still kept working on those skills. And then, obviously, it, it translated well. Um, over my last two seasons at Cal, they like to use me uh, as a pass catcher. So, um, yeah, that was one of the things the Dolphins liked when they brought me in. And – but yeah, when you come to the NFL, it's like, especially as an undrafted free agent, you really need to like, you have to prove your skills again. You know what I mean? Like they have your college resume, but you still need to show up and, and show that you can do those things. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to get a couple opportunities to do that early on in training camp and then in preseason. And so it's worked out so far. All right. We're, we're, about, we're about to get in the weeds here. They're into the, this is the, this is the biggest debate that, that football nerds have on Twitter. This is like, this, this, this tears apart people on the internet. Like, and I mean, football nerds, like people who, who are draft people, people who used to work for teams, people who work for teams now. And it is the debate on how much, how much running backs matter, right? Should, should Mm. running backs ever be drafted with a first round draft pick? Should they ever get big contract extensions? So think like Giants taking Barkley with the number two overall pick, the Dallas Cowboys paying Ezekiel Elliott all that money and not paying Dak Prescott, not extending Amari Cooper. And so I, I, I ask all the football guests on this show, their, their opinion on it. And what the, what Brian Hill said, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to let you answer Don't first. Don't the then, witness. Don't yeah, I'm not, not going to lead the witness. So this, this is actually how I asked. This is actually what I asked Brian Hill, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. If you and Saquon Barkley switched roles, so you went to go play for the Giants as their starting running back this year, Saquon came to Miami and played as the starting running back, 
what do you think the difference of the win loss record for the two teams would be? I can't answer that question. <laughs> it's a fair. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's a fair response. Davis that's is like, trying to bait you, Patrick. You don't I'm not have trying to, to bait him. Up. I'm trying to pose this, the question the same way I posed it to Brian Hill. Okay. Uh, so I don't. I don't even know how to answer that question. It's like. What, what the, the, okay. So the, so here I'll make it. I'll make it easier on you. I'll make it easier on you. What do you think? Running backs. No, no. I will. I'll make it easier on so you don't. So you don't have to. So you don't have to throw anyone else under the bus. What do you view the job of a running back as in the NFL right now compared to what it might have been 15 years ago? Like, what do you view the the mm. job of a starting NFL running back as today? Uh, I mean, I, I get the argument that they're that running backs are less valuable. And there's like plenty of examples. Maybe, maybe uh, not even, maybe not even less valuable. Just that the the gaps of talent are maybe not as wide as we used to think they were. Yeah. So, like, the, I mean, my history of football probably isn't as polished as your guys's, but obviously the the run game was more um, was a bigger part of the game. And now that we have these, you know, amazing quarterbacks and really yeah. talented receivers and. Um, some people say some of the rules favor the quarterbacks and the receivers. And so passing the ball seems to be like a more efficient way to move the ball down the field. Uh, the game's transitioned to more passing heavy offenses. So the running back obviously is going to run the ball less in that case. Um, so yeah, I'd say the role now of a running back. You, so you're in pass protection. Um, so that's important. Then you have to get out on passing routes. So you're part of some of the passing concepts. Uh, so you have to be good at that. But then there's just some pure running backs that are just really good at running the ball, and I still think that has a role in the game. I honestly – I don't know. I feel like the question was very general and, and vague. I don't bad know bad question by me. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but what, it's what, fair. Is, is what I'm saying make, does it, it doesn't make no, sense? No, what you're, what you're saying makes sense. What, what, it's, it's me trying to ask the question of basically like – the the way the question is phrased on Twitter is is do running backs matter? And clearly, you can't play without a running back, right? It's like you have to you have to be able to run the ball sometimes. I think the 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 question is better phrased as how much does running back talent matter, and like how much of running back production is based on offensive line, quarterback, and how and how those things influence the space on the field versus how much does like individual skill of the running back matter, which I think is, I get to a hard question to answer. I think there's so many confounding variables in each situation that it, the answer is it's, it depends. You know right. I mean? Yeah, it depends. So I think there's a great argument though, that you can get a really good running back. If you're like, if, if we're talking about the draft again, like a really good running back in the third or fourth round, um, you can get a really good running back undrafted free agent, like Philip Lindsay. Uh, what I think if you're like trying to create wins and like, this is going to, the analytical people uh, are going to hate this answer, but like talent and numbers aren't necessarily everything. I think sure. culture, of a, culture of a team is, is a lot more important than, than some people think. So you can have all the most talented players on one team and you're not going to win, but you bring in a talented guy to a great organization, a great culture. 
and their talent will elevate the team. I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys show that every single week. They're like one of the three most talented teams in football, and they're six and six. And that's just that it. it I, I have no doubt that you are right that like culture and team mentality and like belief in each other, belief in the coach, I have zero doubt that that has a huge like role in the outcome of football games. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it's just impossible to quantify. Like from an outsider's yeah. perspective, it's very hard for for uh for you you can't put that into like a you know a mathematical equation or whatever yeah i think so google did a study i forget the name of it but basically like when google started out all they tried to do was we're just gonna get the smartest people in the world and we're gonna put them together in one company and we're gonna create all these amazing things but as the company got too big they realized just having all these smart people around who you know talented people wasn't necessarily the best thing and they did this study, I think it was called Project Aristotle. I don't know, someone could look it up, but it was basically found like across all these successful teams, there's all these different characteristics of successful teams. But the one thing that led to like success across all of them was everyone trusted each other and felt like personally connected. That's, a, that's probably a very bastardized way of, or yeah, way of like summarizing that that conclusion of the study but it was it was something like that basically like the team members all felt like they could share their personal story to everyone else on the team no that that makes a ton of sense they didn't didn't feel vulnerable so i know that's in the business world but i think there's a lot of crossover between teams organizations coaching staffs players like working together for a common goal um just because everyone's talented doesn't mean you're going to win so you could have a really talented first round projected running back, but if he comes in and he doesn't fit the culture, then he's not valuable to the team. I have a question for you. So when you are starting to see meaningful snaps in the game, you know, this season, are you like chomping at the bit? Like, let's go, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Or do you have a bunch of nerves inside when you're getting on the field there and getting targets? Like I'm just, I would be no, fascinated come on, dude. By he's that. ready. He's ready to go. Our, our boy's not I, nervous. Hey, did I ask Davis? I asked Patrick Laird. <laughs> I was just gonna say Davis likes to answer my questions. Welcome to my world, Patrick. <laughs> uh, no, I'm. There, there's nerves, obviously, that come with playing the game, especially your rookie season. Everyone gets nervous before the games. Um, but for me, I was mostly excited. I love, you know, I love playing. I love my role on special teams, but I love running back. Like running back's like my true love for football. Like you guys could probably tell I'm not like a great fan. You know, I don't know like everyone in the league and all this stuff, but like the running back position is something I absolutely love. So when I go to work every day, like that's what I'm thinking about. But uh, so yeah, like when I get meaningful reps on offense, it's just like, it's a dream come true. So is your dream, like, is your, like, favorite scenario catching that ball in the flat and then just lowering your shoulder and just pile driving some cornerback who's trying to tackle you? Is that just, like, your pinnacle? No, my ideal, see, you're, you're coming from the fantasy perspective. You think running backs like to catch the ball. My ideal is, uh, like, some pin and pull play or a power play, and I make a cut off the, like, the pulling guard and, or a pin block, and then I'm cutting, and I have a one-on-one situation with the safety, and I make a miss. That's like, that's ideal. <laughs> nice. The jump cut. The jump yeah. cut, man. Or the jump cut, yeah. With, um, for how important for you and how much are the coaches kind of talking about pass blocking being essential? Because we see a lot of times in fantasy, really talented running backs will get pulled off the field if they miss a pass blocking assignment. I assume that could also be a, a nerve wracking thing too, 
protecting your quarterback. What's your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's extremely important because like the quarterback position's the most important position probably on at least on the offensive side of the ball, maybe on the whole entire field. But yeah, your their health and safety is in your hands in a way, and that's like probably the best way to think about it. Um, so you're really like you're blocking for them so they can complete the ball down the field so that you know your team can win. So uh, yeah, we talk about it every week, like part of our ball security discussion is protection of the quarterback. And so when you, you know, we, we have like a man scheme. So um, pretty much every team in the, in the NFL does, but like, I know who I have to block on a play. And so when I see them about to blitz, there's kind of like a little added adrenaline, you know, obviously your adrenaline's pumping already, but like when you know that you need to pass block on a play and it's coming and you just see that 240 pound linebacker in the a gap, um, it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, but it's really important, obviously. So, and I, yeah, I, and like you said, I'm trying to stay on the field. So uh, if I have to stick my face in there and block a, a linebacker, then I'm definitely willing to do it. Well, we, we've for, seen it happen. Uh, the, your, uh, your Florida, your Florida counterpart, Ronald Jones, he got, he got benched last week by the Buccaneers for missing a pack, uh, a missing a pass block and uh, getting Jameis Winston blown up. And Peyton Barber uh, had two touchdowns and I think like 85 yards and, and they were at the goal line several times and they like pulled Ronald Jones specifically to like punish him for missing the pass block. Really? Wow. Yeah. How do you know that? Maybe that was just part of the game plan. That he, Bruce Arians said it. He came out okay. and said it. <laughs> okay. <never mind. laughs> See, I'm a bad fan. I don't, I don't know. Who, uh, who is your favorite running back to watch? Like, I, I assume if you love the running back position that much, you got to have someone that you either, you know, you modeled your game after or someone you just really like to watch. Okay, so I, I can't say I modeled my game after him, but my favorite all-time running back is Barry Sanders. He's like – I feel it. like every running back – I feel like every running back says Barry Sanders, but he's just – he's incredible. No one, no one can do what he does. The person I grew up watching the most, though, because I was a big Niners fan growing up, was Frank Gore. And so, like, when we went up and played the Bills earlier in the season, yeah. and I stepped up to my locker. Like, every time you – for most away games when you show up, they put the game day booklet. You know, when you go to a game, they like the, the game day, like the – I don't know, like the information. Yeah, on like the program. Teams. The program, yeah. They'll, they'll have them on our locker. And so, Frank Gore's face was – on the front of the program when we went and played the bills and I was just like, Holy shit. That's Frank Gore. <laughs> you know, like I'm about to play him cause I was 10 when he got drafted to the Niners. So, uh, that was just, that was a surreal moment. Cause I loved, I love, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I run like Frank Gore. He's, you know, hall of famer, but like, that was just, that was a crazy moment for me. Tell us about the celebration for the touchdown, uh, the book reading. How long did you have that uh, in your head? And uh, let us know the, the exact book you were reading in that celebration. <laughs> uh, so it's a funny story. I started doing that at Cal. And the way it came about was it was early on. It was like it might have been my redshirt sophomore year. So I was mainly playing special teams. And my buddy – Chad Hansen, he's his receiver, kind of blew up, had like 1,200 or 1,400 receiving yards his, his junior year. And, um, but every once in a while, he would, he would score and do like a cool celebration. So when we played Texas, he did like the horns down. Um, and we would come up with ideas for him. 
And then we were all going around saying like what hypothetically other people would do if they scored a touchdown. And at that point, no one ever thought I would score a touchdown at Cal. And so someone jokingly <laughs> said, someone jokingly said, you know, if Pat ever scored, he'd probably pretend to read a book. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. And so my junior year, like my first five touchdowns, I pretended to read a book. And yeah, it kind of took off from there. And the Cal, you know, Cal, the Berkeley people, they loved it. And at the end of my junior season or going into, yeah, going into my senior season, I decided to host a summer reading challenge for really anyone, but mainly kids in the Bay Area. And I promote, you know, the importance of reading over the summer. And I visit all these elementary schools. And then, um, yeah, so we had this challenge. We had you know, 3,000 kids sh- uh, signed up, had over 1,000 participants come. Uh, we gave out, I think, over 3,000 free tickets. And the very first touchdown of the season, I actually scored in front of their section. So I did, I did the, the reading or the book celebration um, for the last time my senior year. And then uh, made, it, made it in the NFL. And a lot of the Cal fans were like, are you going to do the book celebration? Are you going to do Got to do the book celebration. And so I scored twice in preseason. And people thought I was going to do it. And I, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I have to do it on a real touchdown. So um, it took like 13 or 14 weeks. But I finally got the opportunity. So I did it. And the Cal fans loved it. And then the South Florida fans are started, like starting to learn more about me and kind of my interests. And so I love to promote reading and um, kind of share my, my passion for it. But uh, Peter, to answer the second part of your question, um, I don't have like a specific book that I am, have in mind when I'm doing it. Some people think I'm reading the Bible, but it's more just like I love to read all kinds of books in general. So it's it's not the Bible. It's just like fiction, nonfiction, this type of stuff I'm reading. I will Were just in- say, oh, I just want to say, Patrick, just a suggestion. You've seen the Praise the Laird shirt. It would be a pretty natural segue yeah. to go from reading to the praise. I'm just saying if you want to add that on to the celebration, it might be a nice touch. Oh, I don't know. I think it might be, yeah. That's a little too much. Davis! Peter, you're doing too much, bro. No, it's it's fine, but it's just, it's, it might be a little too niche, you know? I gotta, I gotta go for like the broad audience appeal. I'm just trying to find a way for you to kind of do a special signal to me next time you score, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You know what's funny um, is I've had my girlfriend give me suggestions for stuff I, I should do. So like when I scored, uh, she she's like, what if you high-fived yourself? So I high-fived myself. Oh, that's once. good. And so she was watching the game. And so um, that was like a little cool thing for her to see. But obviously, Peter, you're not as important to me. So I, w- I won't be doing anything special like that for you. You know what? Maybe, I, I'll eat a, maybe I'll eat a cake. Yes! No one will- if if no one will, no Patrick, one if you if you ate if you ate a cake after scoring a touchdown, it, I can't even tell you how big that would be. It would be the most unreal thing ever. I think. Uh, no promises, but I'm. You you not just you think it. about it. Just keep it in the back. You you don't you don't have to. Just just like keep, just think about it. Just think uh, about it. Were yeah. you were you an English major at Cal? I wasn't. I was a business and political science major. I just. You yeah, just like, like to read. Just I like to read. I I have three older siblings that you know they all were into school. My oldest sister, she's a lawyer, so I always saw her reading growing up, and um. Yeah, I just I've always 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 enjoyed it, and the part of the motivation for the reading challenge was like I had that upbringing. And I was very fortunate to have that, and so I know you know not every kid is as fortunate. So I just try to like I would show up to elementary schools and 
people be like these kids are excited oh this is like a cal football player but then i'm like here i'm, I'm here to talk about reading and they'd be like why they'd be like oh what? About reading <laughs> um but no basically like, the message it, it's i told them like whatever they want to do it's really important and um i i really believe that and like they were like well, well what do you want to do after college i was like well i'm gonna try to play in the nfl they're like well why do you need to read in the nfl and so like <laughs> It, it actually is important, like the, just the ability to sit down for an hour and study your playbook or study film, like you develop that discipline if you're able to sit down for an hour and read. So I, I think there's a lot of crossover. So I try to, you know, get that message across to the kids. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite fiction book of all time? Favorite fiction book? Yeah. See, I'm bad at the favorites because like, it, I, there's a lot of good stuff here. I'll... I, I was I was a super nerdy English major who's read a lot of um like really arcane fiction books in my life so I was I got I got many I got many bad books that suggest is my are favorite you, of are course you like, are you like a James Joyce fan or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all like all those all those English, super nerdy guys all the English majors love James Joyce um, yeah if for people that are only listening to the audio of this we are getting a look at the dragon's laird right now the bookshelf. <laughs> What? What did you call it? <laughs> okay, so Scott Hansen, who hosts the Red Zone channel, he got in on the on Patrick Laird week, and I said that they should have a box just dedicated to you for on their stream, and he said we'll have to call that the Dragon's Laird. Oh, okay. Dragon's Laird. So sorry, just had to slip that in. More, more bad puns. A lot, a lot of bad puns. <laughs> so I just, so you said fiction. Yeah, See, I don't have any. Mm. I mean, I like, I like nonfiction too, but I, I, we'd have, we'd have a greater chance of overlap at comparing fiction books. Yeah. I'm trying to think what's my favorite fiction. That's hard to answer. I, what? So this is what I'm reading right now. 1776 David McCullough. That's a, a classic. Classic. I haven't read it and it's been recommended a lot. So this is a book I just read. This is the last book I read the gatekeepers. Oh, I, I have, I have read that book. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I thought it was really good. So I like, since I studied, I studied political science. So I just find, I find, you know, politics, you know, government, public policy, all that stuff really interesting. And so, um, that was one of my favorites that I've read about so far. Is that what you, is that what you want to do when you're, you're done with football? Do you want to, do you want to run for, uh, for elected office? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, so I studied business too. So I've always, I've always been interested in business and, finance and entrepreneurship so i'll probably transition somewhere into that realm um but i know i just think politics is is i think it's interesting but i also think it's really important and so yeah i just i actually just vote uh, registered to vote in florida so i'll be voting in upcoming primaries it's very 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 good very good reminder for everyone listening to this if you haven't registered yeah, to everyone, vote hey go 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 register to vote so peter should we ask him about bitcoin yeah, just you, to really, are you just to crypto. I mean, we should, that's just the whole Venn diagram of everything that's ever been talked about on this podcast. Do you do you have any thoughts on Bitcoin, Patrick? Uh, so my friend in college that I live with went through one of these the cliche like Bitcoin craze, like like oh, I'm going to become a millionaire off this. Yeah, it's the next thing. Everyone, in, it's going to change the international currency market. But I'm like it's all like, it's all speculative. It's, it's more of like investing in, well, it's like, 
I was like, well, what do you buy with it? I know that this sounds like I'm going to sound like someone's going to say, okay, boomer. When I say this, but like, <laughs> what do you like? No one's actually using Bitcoin to buy. I mean, I know people are, but like very few people are buying it to actually spend, to use it, to spend money. No, they're just, they're, they're, they they just buy it to have it. Investment. Right. Yeah. And then with the idea that it's going to go up, it's like, what's the, I know it's like a fiat currency, but like, what's the value if everyone's just buying it because they think the value is going to go up. Like what happens when someone wants to trade it for a world? I, I, I know, I guess that's how like currency is. It's just like a different form of it. I don't know. I, I'm not in on the craze, so I, I stayed out of it. Uh, but I, what, what's your guys' take? Why is that like a topic? Well, we're, we, you, you, we're, well, actually, I don't know how Peter feels about it these days, but this is like, I'm, I'm like a little bit of a truther in the sense that I like, I have, I've got like a fair amount of it. And I'm, I'm definitely someone that like, if you got me in the corner at a party would be like, look, man, Bitcoin's like this great store of value. It's actually going to outperform gold over like the next 10 years. Uh, so like, that's where, that's where I'm coming at it from. I don't, I don't know how much uh, brother Peter believes in it these days. Oh dude, I have a weekly buy of Bitcoin. I take my hard earned dollars and I buy Bitcoin every week. Patrick, when I come down to Miami and take you to a steakhouse. I'll get you set up with a mycelium wallet. I'll send you over some Bitcoin. We'll get you, we'll get you converted to the church of Bitcoin. So you, you actually use your money, like you use it as an investment, like a, like a weekly or monthly. Yeah. Like, like I just, I just have my, I have it set up to buy $50 every week and it just, it just accumulates there. Like whatever. And what's like the, what's been like the year over year return on that? Pretty nice. Depend depending when you started buying it, uh, my right. mine has been very good because I started before it just routinely sat at like ten thousand. Some people probably have taken a bath on it if they started buying it because there was a time where it was just um, like from like twenty late twenty sixteen to like mid twenty seventeen. It's basically the worst possible time you could have bought it, but that's when mm-hmm. I would say sixty percent of people in the United States started to buy it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember that like I was in college and all these, all my teammates were like, you need to do this. It's actually kind know. of popular <laughs> amongst football players. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, like, Russell uh, Russell Okung. Okung. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like big into it. Okay. Um, I'm kind of, I'm my investment strategy is like the, the Warren Buffett buy and hold. Like, well, I, he selects spe- specific companies, but his general advice is, long-term just buy yeah don't 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 get greedy don't chase the short-term gains yeah you're not gonna be able to time the market so that's that's my basic philosophy so low fees put into uh, index fund and 60 years later hopefully retire there you go there i so as we wrap up davis and i will get fired if we don't ask we gotta ask how many times have we hit all the topics no, I mean, honestly, if you're not busy, we could we could we, literally do this for like two hours. I'll put my feet up, Patrick. I mean, <laughs> I don't, you don't, my you feet, just be careful what you ask for. Up. Okay. All right. Yeah, Chilling with the dogs. Ooh, man, you got, those, uh, got some good thigh action there on that shot, Patrick. Oh, man, you got to, is that, very, let's, very let's see the dog. Uh, he's scared. So he's a foster dog. Ah. Oh. I have I have two foster dogs and I just had to mute myself five minutes ago because they just started going nuts downstairs. I have no idea who's at my door, but someone came at my door and my big St. Bernard was just trying to like probably kill them. So the Yeah, so if anyone all right, sorry, go ahead. 
no, so I was just going to say the question that Davis and I are legally obligated to ask is how many times do you think you will touch the ball on Sunday versus the Jets? I'm thinking um, with high probability probably between 35 to 42 times. <laughs> that's the right answer. You're a workhorse. You're a workhorse. Um, that's the poll quote. If, Patrick Laird yeah. projects 40 touches. I just I need that to get aggregated. Like I need I need like I need like all the fantasy football sites to pick this up and source this. Pat, Patrick, do you know what's and, so and perfect in this, about in this conversation? In this conversation, high probability, uh, we're gonna say includes less than one percent. Less than one percent. Okay, but it's in the range of outcomes. It's in the range of outcomes. So Patrick, it's, it's within the realm of possibility. What's so funny and perfect about this is people were coming at me and Davis. I think we were kind of inferring this. Uh, saying that we were being disingenuous about our Patrick Laird enthusiasm. It's true. For, so for you to disingenuous project yourself for 40 touches is it's chef's kiss. It's I, 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 Patrick, I have started you in multiple fantasy football leagues each of the last two weeks. Like I, it's, there's no disingenuity, there's no uh, disingenuity about it. No, yeah, you, guys, you guys are true believers. I appreciate it because I, w- I wasn't even a true believer myself. Yeah, you didn't even – the fact that you didn't, didn't even start yourself. Though. You started You started Dave- – do you know that you're faster than David Montgomery? That's not even a joke. You literally are faster than David Montgomery, who is a third-round pick and is going to get 200 touches this year. Have you, have you seen us race? How, how do you know this information? You ran, you ran a faster 40 than him, and you had a better, um, you had a better short shuttle and three cone. Okay. You know we did stats. our we did our homework, Patrick. I mean, I, and by by knowing my stats, I literally Googled it. So if um, I mean those that like what were your numbers at a pro day, or were you invited to the combine? I actually don't even know. Yeah, it was pro day, pro day number. Yeah, so so actually, probably he's faster than you. They they juice they juice the numbers up at the pro days a little bit. No, my numbers were juiced down. I really, think. you think you're you think that you're faster sense. than a four six forty? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know they have GPS um, numbers in our shoulder pads. So that'd be interesting to, to see if you can get that. Oh, the next gen stats. Yeah. They don't. They don't. A lot of that stuff only the team. Like they give some stuff out to the public, but most of that stuff is is the only the teams get it. Okay. So, I won't be sharing that with you guys if I figure it out. Well, I, I mean, you can. Either. It just won't be on the record. Okay. So Maybe we what? need we need to get like we need like a, a group chat with us three and we. We'll give each other insider info. You guys give me my lineup. Well, what I should be doing. We will. I'll tell you this. We will. We will hook you up. We will manage your fantasy football team for you next year. <laughs> I'm talking hey, about I this mean, year. I think. I think I'm in the playoffs. Yeah, D- Davis and I will get you squared away. You had me at a uh, group chat with the three of us. <laughs> Not on Twitter. I don't. I don't like to go on Twitter. And oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, let's do it over. Phone. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. We should just text each other. You guys have iPhones. Oh God! No, dude. This loser. This guy has an Android. So it's gonna be green. Oh, <laughs> we can't even. Here's the thing. Uh, Peter can text me. I'll relay it. But you and I can. We can chat if we. Or Get maybe. Out of here. Get out of here. Straight, I'm straight blue only. Yeah, it's, blue only. I I would never text Peter. I literally. I've known him for. I've known him for years, and I only ever communicate with him via DM because I can't handle his green texts. Patrick, he Davis literally roasted me about this on Thanksgiving. On my Thanksgiving, he made fun of me for having an Android. That was that's not fair. 
It's fair because you have an Android. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> he can't even he can't even have AirPods, Patrick. Patrick, <laughs> I bought my first NFL jersey this past week. I want to you know venture a guess who it is. I hope it wasn't me. Yeah, was it me? It was a, a number forty-two Miami Dolphins layered jersey. I and, uh, it. I'm honored. And I was just gonna say, don't doubt me going out to buy an iPhone just so I can group text <laughs> with you. A burner Patrick Laird iPhone. Oh, I can't. Oh. Uh, okay. We can do a green, a green group chat. That's fine. I guess, man. I don't know. No, I don't no, know about no, that. No, no screenshotting, no screenshotting texts and sending it out to the DFS community. Yeah. Not allowed. Not yeah. Allowed. That's we, we can, we can all abide by that. Circle. Uh, okay. We got, we got some more. We got some more quick hitters here. Yeah, uh, favorite favorite TV show. The Office. Yeah, that's very really good I'm answer. Of, I'm one of those people that like will repeatedly binge The Office, and I never I never get tired of it. No, uh, I, I I also got a cop to being one of those people. Which is weird though, because I don't I don't um I don't like to rewatch movies. Yeah. Like, I hate rewatching movies, but I'll watch The Office over and over again. And my girlfriend hates it because she likes to watch the same movies over and over again. So it's like one of our biggest points of contention we fight about. I, I mean, your relationship's doing pretty well if that's the, the main thing you're if fighting that, about. If that's the biggest <laughs> thing you guys got to fight about, it's probably, it's probably okay. Uh, okay, post-game meal. What are, you, what, are you guys eating? what are you guys eating when you get done? Uh, they, they buy us, like boxes like barbecue boxes to go so she's like chicken or pulled pork with like oh potatoes it's all yeah they just they'll give us like to go boxes um, what about what about when you were at cal did they feed you after the games or did you were you on your thing. own same thing they always yeah they always had uh to go boxes peter just had to run away i, I bet i bet his mother-in-law is gone he's literally on vacation with his mother-in-law right now patrick <laughs> Oh, am I holding you away from your, your family? No. no, no. He he had it's, to he had to explain to his mother in law that hey, we can't we can't after lunch. I gotta come home to come record this podcast with the Miami Dolphins running back. Hey, how she, old are you guys? I am, I'm 27. I'm 10 years uh, older than you, Patrick. <laughs> okay, 34. Yeah, uh, 33. Yeah, 33. Okay. Pretty old, pretty, so pretty much yeah. a pretty much a boomer with a green Android texting phone. <laughs> I'm old enough to be yeah. your father, Patrick. It may, it makes sense why you have the Android. I can't. I'm never going to recover from this ownage. This is really just. I, I was looking so much forward to this uh, interview. I'm going to tell people I'm going down to take Patrick out for a steak, and then it ended with me just getting owned for my cell phone decisions. I think. Uh, okay, so think, what? Go ahead, I Patrick. Say, I, I think it's just like. It's, you know, for a 27-year-old hosting the, the podcast to be, you know, doing all, writing up on this, the fantasy stuff, uh, FaceTime, or not FaceTime, interview, like doing a video interview with a 24-year-old, that's acceptable. Once you get to 33, I just... It, it's, a, it's a little, isn't it a little weird? weird? It's a little weird, I think. Weird. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have to include him in the group chat, even if he does get an iPhone. We can probably, we could probably exclude him. It's probably fine. What if I told okay. you I was on TikTok and that I actually had my finger <laughs> on the pulse of youth culture? TikTok's like, uh, it's like owned by the, the China Communist Party, isn't it? Well, we don't have to talk about that, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, one, one more for you. Who's the funniest guy in the Dolphins locker room? He's going to say Gaskin because he loves him. No, no, Gaskin's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say Fitz. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You want to talk about a guy who's seen some shit. Ryan he's, Fitzpatrick. He's hilarious. He's a good dude, too. I feel like, yeah, you can just kind of tell from the outside. He's probably a good guy, but yeah, he actually is a good guy. He has seven kids. You know that? Seven? Oh, oh, yeah. With his wife? All same mother? Same, yeah. Yeah, with his wife, who we met at Harvard. I am closer in age to his oldest son than I am to him. Oh, my God. That's, that's good. pretty good. That's, that's pretty right. good. Yeah. Man. I bet he has an Android, right? No, he has an iPhone. Yeah, because he's, he's an NFL quarterback. Do you, like, I bet of the 96 quarterbacks on NFL rosters, I bet not one of them has an Android, Peter. All right. I'm, I'm never recovering from this. See, no, this, this and you, and you so, shouldn't. This is why Fitz is so funny. So sometimes on our, on our plane when we go to games, he'll get on AirDrop, and AirDrop is a, is a cool uh, option on, for iPhone users, Peter. So I know you don't know about this. Yeah, he doesn't even know what it is. Please condescend but, to me. I actually need it. <laughs> But he'll go on his phone and like get funny pictures of him or my teammates and just blast them out to everyone with an iPhone. So when your when your phone's open and um, you have like Bluetooth on, someone can like see your you know your name and he'll just like send a bunch of funny photos. So that's something funny. He, he's a prankster. He's a prankster. He's a prankster, but he wouldn't be pranking you with your Android. This is this is rough, Patrick. I can't believe this is how we're ending this interview. It's just me in a body bag with you zipping me up. I, I actually I actually think the most likely outcome, if we're talking about ranges of outcomes, the most likely outcome of this podcast was you getting embarrassed by by me and Patrick at some point. Uh, by Patrick, <laughs> not by you, Davis. But Pat, I am I am you. I think you already know I'm crazy, but I am going to take you up on going to Miami. Okay, just give me give me a heads up. Um, I will. Maybe uh, like a week, week sixteen, week seventeen. We'll. Uh, oh, you're talking about you're talking about this season. Uh, I mean, I'm I mean, look at this, look at this, look at this deranged man's face. Like, look at this dude's face. Like, he does he. You think this is a guy who's like not serious about this? He's like, he's just a crazy Android phone having dude. He's like, whatever. I'll I'll go to I'll go to uh, Miami to shoot a YouTube video. The problem is the last game. My family's all coming to town to celebrate Christmas. So okay. it's kind of a bad, bad time. But for sure next year, I'm serious. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll regroup. Where are, you guys, where are you guys from? I'm out in Boston. I live okay. in St. Louis, Missouri. We play at the Patriots last game of the season. Okay. All right. There we go. I'll be, I, I, wow. What a, what, a, what a victory for the Dolphins that is going to be, winning at the Patriots with Peter Overzet in attendance. We'll go uh, walk the Freedom Trail together afterwards. <laughs> well, we we go on a plane right after the game, but it'll be a quick walk. Passes and like <laughs> family, family and friends can uh, can come say hello, so I can get you a post game pass. Okay, yeah. I'm wow, that's pretty. That's that's big that. for you. I don't. I don't. Or just do Androids get email though? Will it, will <laughs> will you be able to? I don't know if you'll be able to get your tickets or anything. You might have to print it out like a like a MapQuest map, like it's 1996. I'm going into the belly of Foxborough with my Patrick Laird jersey. It is going to be wonderful. That'll be awesome. I hope you get throw, like people throw snowballs at you or something. Oh, they will. They will. I hope so too. Uh, Should we wrap? I got this? One more thing. I, I forgot. I was yeah. going to make fun of Davis. I think in the Twitter DMs, he said, uh, 
he's like, well, if you, if, if you can't get to like a computer, we can call you on a landline. I was like, what? Who Dude, you have no idea. You have no idea what it's like trying to get podcast <laughs> guests though. Like I, 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 I like, uh, I mean, I set it up with like a lot of people, like my buddies, we just do it on this. But like when I'm trying to deal with like people over the age of 40 who have to come on the show sometimes, like I, I got to call like their office phone because they can't figure it out or whatever. So like I just, yeah. I, that's just, that's just my boilerplate thing that I say to people if I think that they are like, so maybe I should have given you more credit as like a millennial who could figure out like a yeah. very simple computer application, but some people literally can't. I was like, I hope he doesn't think I have like an office at the facility with my own landline. <laughs> See, definitely yeah. not something a rookie has. The the run, just uh, on the on the phone in the running backs room. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a thing. <laughs> that's true. We all made some poor assumptions about each other's technical prowess today. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, Patrick, do you want to? Do you want to like with this? While you got a platform, do you want to say anything to the people about about the dolphins, about the reading challenge? It, well, this is your this is your your floor before we uh, before we get out of here. Yeah, I was going to say. So Peter offered to uh, donate to my reading challenge, which I thought was really nice. Um, so right now, I'm not accepting donations or anything like that, but in the spring I'll be pushing out stuff. So if anyone's following me on social media, I'll be pushing out opportunities to help out. Really the idea is get, you know, help early age kids, maybe like five to 12 years old, just encourage them to read over the summer. Cause a lot of the time um, they'll go home and uh, either they don't have books in the household or uh, no one's, they don't have, you know, role model encouraging them to read. And so they just, they show up to in September and they're a couple weeks behind some of their more, a lot of times more affluent, uh, kids or you know their parents are signing them up for all these programs and making sure they read and all this stuff so um it's just it, it was, it's a cool program and so hopefully we're gonna bring it to the south florida area so if anyone that's listening to this wants to help out with that um just follow along in the spring and then the other way peter is going to help is he said he's going to bake a cake and decorate it for the kids so that's very uh, sweet of him yeah that's right um and we, Davis, will have you back on the take cast when the reading challenge stuff is going up, and we can uh, we'll get the hype mania going and get that uh, promoted. Isn't the take cast spelled wrong? Is it? Yeah, <laughs> it, that's why. That's why it's so stupid. That's why it's. It was yeah. literally like I started this podcast as a like a basically because I wasn't working in fantasy sports for a little while. I was doing a different job, but I wanted to have like a platform to talk. So it was kind of just mm -hmm. a joke, and then and then it ended up like just being a little bit too big and i i really wish it at least i wish it was spelled right hey well yeah, can so I, gonna, oh go uh, ahead real quick just we usually have an age limit on the reading challenge but it seems like davis really needs to join and read more so <laughs> i'll see if i can get the, the age limit limit raised for davis that so would be that would be appreciated take correctly yeah. i was just i, to I was gonna i was gonna break a little news patrick about the miami backfield right now Schefter says Balazs got put to injured reserve and that they claim Zach Zenner off of waiver so you and uh, Gask got a third brother come uh, backfield any initial Was reactions he, initially I'm, I'm really sad for Kalen um, he's a great teammate and he's a good dude and so obviously you never want to see a guy another another Pac-12 running back Miami loves Pac-12 running backs yeah that's true um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really bummed that his season ended the way it did. Um, but Zach Zander, that's the Detroit running back, right? 
Yeah, he played for Detroit. played for Detroit and then uh, actually played for Arizona for two games this year. And he is uh, like has also concurrently been like studying for like medical grad school at the same time. Yeah, I've read about that. Okay. Yeah, he's cool. uh, he's he is he is another guy who if uh, if you if you want to tell him about the podcast, we would love to have Zach Center on because I love that dude too. <laughs> All right, I'll get, I, I don't know him yet, so I'll gauge, I'll gauge his interest. Yeah, but, ga- um, yeah, just gauge it out, and if he, if he seems cool, like if he has an Android, I don't want him on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Me and Zenner will have an Android group chat going. <laughs> uh, but Patrick, all sincerity, thank you so much for making the time to uh, come on and join our rodeo clown show. It was uh, much appreciated, and we had a blast. Yeah, the people, the the people are. I mean, they're gonna eat it up. This is gonna be the 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 download numbers. I'll send them to you when like when they when they get looking when they get looking good because this is gonna be this is gonna be very good. So the down the download numbers, they might they might be high, but I'm very skeptical. People will make it all the way through this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's very long. Not, normally, normally when I get on someone who's like not from like our little corner of Twitter, it's like 30 minutes max. So you, I mean, that's that's a very compliment to you. So so if someone's listening right now and they're still watching we need like a way to test to see if they stuck it through so go to my most recent instagram post should we do this yeah i like this yeah uh comment peter needs an iphone i love it i like it yeah that's very good all right everyone thank you to patrick laird Thank you to Peter Overzet. Thank you, of course, to uh, the Miami Dolphins organization for uh, not making us go through the official channels and letting this happen via Twitter DM. <laughs> and uh, everyone, thank you. We will, uh, we will be back soon. Just, just a just quick disclaimer about my predictions. Uh, we're all made in a uh, sarcastic manner. I was being facetious when I talked about no, the say, realm say, of say you were being disingenuous. Say, yeah, say you're being disingenuous. That's the right word. I was being disingenuous. Is that, what the, is that like? Is that the worst thing to be called? No, no. That? We Peter and I got called being disingenuous for no, time. I know that, that, but is that like? Play? Is that like the worst thing you can be called as like a fantasy football prognosticator or something? Like, I, I think that? it was more the person that said it to us was just being such a douche about it, and uh, and I think it really stuck in Peter and I's craw. Okay. We don't yeah. let things go. Yeah, yeah. We're we're both very bad at that. Everyone. So the official prediction for uh, Patrick Laird's stat line for me: fourteen carries, sixty-four yards, four receptions, thirty-eight yards, and uh, a, a, a receiving touchdown. That's the that's the official prediction. Incredibly analytical. I appreciate you guys for having me on. This was fun. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 